Hello everyone! Welcome to a violent edition of ARG Presents. I am General Amigo Aaron, joined alongside that ragtag, no account, private, the Brent. Private the... Oh, would you get that over here? Sorry. The private the Brent, reporting for duty, ma'am. My god, this war, we're doomed. <laughs> so if you joined us last week, we spun the wheel... But we did not make the deal. The deal was made by our good friends in chat. Yes. And they chose a subject for this week's ARG Presents. And the subject they chose, Brent, games about war. War games, That's yes. right, that's right. Now, that's a pretty broad topic, isn't it, Brent? Not really, but yes. Well, I mean, in terms of gameplay, there's about a million different ways you could play it that, that war has been uh, simulated on a video screen. I, and what is it good for, really? Well, good God. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, we took a, we took a look at a couple. I mean, we went in very different directions, and by different, I mean Brent blew this topic up crazy time. And then, I, well, which I guess is appropriate for war games. Wait a minute, I, I mine, is a little, the, mine is the I most a true more, to the term. Well, we'll see about that. Oh my god, I, I stay a little more down down to earth. So, I thought before we went into our respective games, we would just chat a little bit about games of war. Uh, that we've enjoyed throughout the years. Now, I'm going to start the ball rolling on this All conversation. Right. Because I'm going to go a completely different... See, there's a shock. Different direction, so, I know. When, I, when we first... This category first came up, the very first game I thought about was one of the very first games I ever played, which was Combat on the Atari 2600. I also thought of Combat. Combat is a game it's ingrained in my, into my soul, into my psych, psyche. It's a, it's a game that you played a ton back in the day because you didn't have anything else. Uh, it's a game that pits you against an opponent. You have to have an opponent in a battle of jets, biplanes, and tanks. Yes. And, or or multiple jets against one jet. You know, bouncy bullets, the whole nine yards. Yes. Uh, the, a lot of variety. Uh, a game based on some of Atari's early coin-op uh, offerings that were similar nature with the tank. So they already had the controls down. Uh, and it really was the, probably the first co home console game that gave you those tank controls that became so famous. What was your opinion of combat from back in the loved day? Loved it. Loved it. I loved the uh, ability to curve the bullets. I thought that was a great option that added that. a ton of strategy. Plus the bouncing is um, fun. I preferred the, uh, the uh, tanks over the jets and I, the planes. I agree. Um, I, I, actually, I never played the big the big uh, B fifty two against the little well, fighter. That was a good one if you were really above the skill level of your opponent. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, Still a lot of fun, and uh, it's funny because that's that was of course the uh, the pack in on so many Atari twenty six hundreds and and. Uh, a game that's still real real well known and well thought of and plays great. We I remember sitting on your back porch after we got the ColecoVision working and we had the uh, Atari adapter yep. thing stuck in. That's the first thing we tried out was combat and it was great. What the what do you, do you have anything in your mind? What do, when you think of war games aside from combat, what was the first thing that popped into your head? Remember No Russian, which is a scene from the Call of Duty uh, Call of Duty Two, uh -huh. uh, where you. Uh, are a secret agent infiltrating the Russians, and you are uh, your task is to basically uh, do a terrorist act on a Russian airport. We just go through and mow down all the civilians. God, yeah, it was one of this, and this was before you know a lot of modern day history, and it was so <laughs> impactful on me. It was so uh, disturbing. I tried to cheat that level about a hundred different ways what, what, before I did it the right way. Where did you play this at again? This was on a Xbox, uh, modern consoles. Yeah. Uh, but it was it encompassed for me uh, uh, the gritty, uh, disturbing nature of war. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, <clears throat> it is something that uh, I, I won't go back and play the game now. But and and. Most people, when you hear the Call of Duty games, they think about the multiplayer stuff. And in modern times, there is no single-player game. But this was while they were still writing compelling stories for the single-player versions of the game. And that was one of the most incredible scenes. Uh, another scene from the same series, different game, is you are in a city 
that has a, a, a nuke dropped on it, and you live out the the final minutes of being hit with the radiation and and going through the slow agonizing death. You know, you're really bringing me down. Here, I, I'm just telling Can't you, you man, pick something a little less volatile. It's and war, man. It's war, and these are they're. Why did I ask you this? They're compelling scenes that, uh, to me, is one of the things that really elevates video games above just games and puts it into art. Yeah, I do remember. I think it was called the one. I think maybe the original Call of Duty, or it could have been Medal of Honor. It was one of those early, you know, first-person shooter games. But they Storm had the you beach. Storm the Beach, yes. Normandy. Yeah, uh, that's another one. World War Two. And I mean, literally, you just got lucky if you made it on the beach. Yeah, and it, was, it didn't bring it home. That you know, what a horrible, I mean, horrible I mean, time that was. It, it really, and that shows the gamut of video games and what they've done with the subject of war. Yeah, they, you have your gritty realism that really. I mean, if you if you just play the game and you don't think about it, it's just a game. But if you sit down and think, man, this is crazy. Yeah, uh, it pulls you in, and then you've got the complete opposite. Uh, hokey side of war where you're, you know, carving tank bullets and you're controlling three planes at once and or you're, you know, you're lobbing grenades and like a Worms type game. Well, you know, it's funny. Worms is a good example of, of, a, of a war game that is yes. a war on the on a silly, yep. low-end scale that's a lot of fun. Uh, we also recently did uh, Scorch Tanks on the Amiga. Very similar game. Yes. The uh, lob yep. artillery games. Uh, those are always a lot of fun to play, and 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 those were sort of a uh, this not war doesn't always have to be super incredibly brutal like you played it. Well, it, it, like I said, it, it the video games does an excellent job of showing, uh, well, not showing the the brutal side of war, and then fantasizing the fun part of war. I think some games do that. I think a lot of games just sort of glorify it. Yeah, oh, I, certainly. The modern certainly. modern warfares and stuff of the world just, just go out and, and just go crazy. I, 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 you know, it is what it is. I don't play them. It's not because I'm not politically opposed to them or whatever. It just, but I mean, it is what it is. And then you also have the games, uh, which is sort of more geared to what I picked this week, like Advance Wars for the uh, DS, yeah. where it's turn-based strategy. It takes a real hard look at advancing your units and... Uh, Putting support where it needs to be and laying down fire where it needs to be. That's a game I can never get into. I will say, when it comes to those sort of strategy games, which was another way you could have went. Absolutely. Uh, Command and Conquer is one I played, and Command and Conquer Red Alert. And I even almost thought about picking uh, the uh, that Command and Conquer first-person shooter, like player versus player yeah. game, which I always thought was a, a lot of fun. And I know it was mostly hated. But I always enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun to get with a bunch of people together and play. Another uh, war-based game that I really enjoyed, I've talked about it many times, so I'm going to talk about it again, was the uh, was Wings on the Amiga. Absolutely. Uh, you get a good feel for what it was like down in the uh, uh, hardened areas of World War One. Uh, I think it does a good job of, of giving you some of the glory of the battle, along with some of the drudgery of the battle. Sure, and it and has, some, you know, it runs off that narrative yeah. rather than the visual spectacle of it. It really drives that narrative home, and uh, uh, it gets you to really feel what your character's feeling. Yeah, it's I so, think it does an excellent job. It's very simple uh, the way they do it. It's funny that in the remake they added voiceovers to the journal. And they do a good job too. I they do. The remake, I thought yeah. I was, I was, I was pretty impressed with it. Let's talk about space war stuff. Now that's another angle. We Starcraft two, man. Starcraft. Now I, I, you were. I never played Starcraft two, but I know you loved it. Uh, what What was the appeal of that game? Well, that was a whole lot of of more control your units, uh, move tactical. You, you've also got your uh, uh, star controls, which I love. Where yeah. are more arcadey, but there is some when you play the actual game. There's certainly strategy in that. Which as I never well. do. I always just fight, fight the, fight the battle. Sure, but they, but if you play the actual game, it has a lot of strategy involved of where you put your troops, where you, how you spend your resources, mm -hmm. what planets you try to take. I mean, that's really good too. Now let's talk about some war related uh, games like your combat school. Uh, or your, uh, uh, you've got stuff like... Uh, you definitely have to explain what Combat School is, because a lot of people haven't played I know that. you love that. <clears throat> combat School is the fun and and play style of track and field, but paired with a 
uh, combat. You're you're in a basic training for uh, combat school. Yeah, and it has sort of that kind of feel. And the the end of that is kind of topsy turvy from the rest of the game because you're running obstacle courses. You're uh, doing target practice on like little robots. Uh, uh, you're rowing boats, crap like that. And then the last stage of that game, you're trying to save a hostage. That's the, the conclusion of that game. It's all like Police Academy. You're at the academy, all of a sudden it becomes all too real at the very at the, at the very end of it. Now, what about a game, and, I, and let's go ahead and not say these are war games. What about games like, say, uh, your uh, Heavy Barrel, your Contras, uh, your... Well, that, that sort now, of see, thing. That's, to me, that's not a war game. Cause those, but, I mean, you are in a midst of a war. But those are more uh, you versus the world games. Right. And, and uh, I... I don't really classify those as war games because you don't... I mean, you are your own faction. Right. As opposed to being well, you're part you're of something You're representing bigger. somebody. In, in the, in the sort of, I well, guess. Oh, well, you're just a lone rogue out there killing I mean, stuff. Even, even games like uh, Soldier of Fortune, which is the same vein, you feel uh, you're a bit more of a collective, even though you're just a, a lone running gun. Now, what about these like games like these Tom Clancy games that were real popular back in the day? You got Rainbow Six, and you got and, and these uh, squad base. Did you ever get into those? No, uh, uh, yeah, uh, squad base. Uh, those for me are less war games as well. They're, uh, I, I guess, what it's just you, your side versus a terroristic side, and the terroristic side is is nameless, faceless. They're just the bad guys, right? Uh, that. It's sort of borderline type of war games for me, right. uh, but I do enjoy those. Uh, the problem with those is you have to play a lot of them to get good at them, and when you get good at them is when they really become fun, right. uh, which I'm not someone who is going to set down because I don't have the people who enjoy those type of games as well, so I don't really have a crew to run with with those, mm -hmm. so we don't play them quite as often. Do you recall, have you ever played any of these MMO, uh, like, war games, like your Battlefields? I know that's sort of yes. technically... Yes. But what, what did you think, or your Star Wars uh, as well, uh, the, uh, you know, the Star Wars uh, battle game. Sure. Battlefront, I believe it was called. Uh, I, I play all those. Yeah. Those are certainly more geared towards war games, because it is definitely faction versus faction, uh, in my opinion. One of my favorite of those is one of the very first ones, which was Battlefield 1942. Yeah. Uh, where you could get in all the different... I mean, all these can evolve you not, Can you that. not do that anymore? Where you uh, get I mean, all you, the vehicles can. and fly you those can, boats? But this, the boats. <laughs> can you fly those boats? <laughs> that may be why I don't go to war right there. <laughs> well, I'm going to think there's a lot of reasons. Uh, but those games, uh, I do feel that those are a war-based game because you are faction versus factions, and you have different roles that you can fill. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoy those. Do you play those at all? I played the original 1942. Um, I believe there was also a, like a, a Battlefield Vietnam. Yes, I played that. It was horrible. It wasn't. It wasn't the best. It was uh, bad. You know, and uh, uh, that would would be. I guess that would be more of a instead of a war game. That would be a police action game. And if you're here in the states, yeah. since they never actually declared yeah. that a war, uh, yeah. but. Uh, uh, no, uh, they're okay. They're fun. They're dumb. I mean, they're dumb and stupid fun. I, I guess mean, you could get real good at them. But those games, those run around and shoot the opponent games. I, you know, I mean, you can name any of them: the Halos, the the uh, Battlefields. I, I just, I'm not good enough at them to have any fun because I just instantly I get super murdered every time I go out that. there. You know, <clears throat> just as a sidebar, I just thought this was interesting. Uh, last night, Boat had his friend from Korea over here. Yes, and just to see the arcade. And we were playing, and we were talking about uh, military service. And he was telling me that because in Korea, military service is mandatory. Yeah, to require for X amount of <clears throat> years. But here's something he told me that I never, never considered. Uh, he said the difference between uh, the United States and Korea is that uh, the your military service here, people having been in it, is held in, in much greater esteem than it is in Korea. And well, I sure, because everyone well, goes through it. Well, I thought about it, and I thought to myself, I guess that's because uh, over in Korea, you have no choice in the right. matter you go in, whereas here, you are making a conscious decision to well, go we're a to put yourself in risk. Right. I, mean, I, thought, I thought it was interesting. I never would have occurred to me yeah. about that, you know. But, uh, 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 and by the way, Boat's Pal was a real uh, good hand at some King of Fighters, I might add. <laughs> Something <laughs> I would not consider a war game. <laughs> we, had, we had a good time. Now, just before we move along to our main games, do you have an all-time favorite war game aside from 
something, please, something that's not hideously oppressing. Uh, no, it, w- it would be uh, the second Call of Duty, Advanced Warfare. Uh, that, a- as a war game, uh, even though it is a, you're, you're taking the role of a single soldier type game. Yeah. Uh, that's probably my favorite. Of the, you control mass amounts and make strategic dis- decisions, I would say Age of Empires 2 is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a big one, yeah. It, it just, for that, I like, I think they really streamlined the building process and the text. Uh, and uh, there are many, many, many different ways to a- approach that game. It's not like a civilization where civilization is so heavy. Uh, it, this is a lot lighter and I think more approachable. Now, do you have a, a, a war game that you absolutely can't stand? Oh, gosh. I mean, one, it's just the dirt worst. Um, I, the modern battlefield type games, uh, where they're using modern experimental tech. And, and I don't mean fantasy tech as in, like, mechs and stuff like that. Because mech, uh, mech warriors are certainly war games. There's a new mech game coming out. I believe it's five. And I was reading about it, and it looks great. We both had a, a more than a cup of coffee with Mech Warrior 2. Yes. And the Mercs and all that, yes. all that. We love those. Those are I actually consider doing a Mech Warrior game, but I think we'll save those for a show where we just do exclusive Mech games, and that'd be kind of fun. And, and then, but <clears throat> like I was saying, those I, I enjoy because those are so fantasy. I enjoy them. Yeah, it's the ones that are using uh, modern experimental, possibly existing techs, uh, like your Black Ops. Your more modern games <clears throat> like that I just don't enjoy. I would say my favorite games, if I had to pick. Two, and we mentioned both. One would be Wings, and one would be the uh, Worms World Party. I think it's a great game, if you consider that a war game. My least favorite, that I just off the top of my head, and this is an unpopular opinion, and me and Boat have tried and tried to figure this game out, but it's super popular in Europe, is North and South on the Amiga. I just don't, I don't <laughs> understand that game. We went out there and just got smoked trying to play this game, and we've never, ever figured it out. So maybe one of these days we'll, we'll wrap our head around it. There you go. So, <clears throat> with all that said, uh, we were tasked with picking two games from the huge universe yes. uh, of games. And I'll, I'll lead the dance this week. Now, you know, we've sometimes we pick games we've never played, and sometimes we pick games we know very intimately. Yes. And we don't have a rule or anything. Nope. We just got to do what we want. And so, but I always like... Picking games that I don't know much about, you know, or have a cool name, as you know. This is a game, the game I picked, and I'll go ahead and say it was a Beachhead 2. I played the C64 version. There are multiple versions. Yes. The Dictator Strikes Back. I yes. believe it's a subtitle. It is. And I played this game uh, back, gosh, it was back when it first came out. I mean, a long time ago. My buddy had it on his, on his C64. And, um... I was so impressed that time I played it. I was like, man, this is great. It had digitized sound. Yep. It had multi it had multiplayer, you know, and it yes. was good multiplayer. Yeah. It wasn't like now at the time I thought this. And I and so I haven't played it since. So this is, <laughs> you know, and, and so the game came out long ago uh, in 1985. Yeah. And so uh it's funny I was I was either in 8th or ninth grade back in those days. I was a, a freshman or or going to high school when this came out so i probably would have played it when i was a freshman in high school and it was it, it i had a lasting impression on me when i because you know we didn't have a c64 correct and so when i think of c64 games i only have a really good memory of the ones that other people had my friend hose had one my friend rich had one as well and so those are the games i remember and so i thought you know i'm going to try something that i remember fondly and see how it holds up now uh, I am aware that there was a Beachhead 1, and the Beachhead 1 is a game of some renown. In fact, yes. some people prefer it. It's, but, a, it's a different game. But I never played Beachhead 1. I only played the second one. So I went ahead and I thought, you know, when I thought about a war game, I wanted something that was not, I wanted something that was sort of violent, but I didn't want something where I was going to cry when I finished it, like your <laughs> games. You know, so <laughs> I selected, uh, as I said, Beachhead 2, The Dictator Strikes Back. Again, released in 1985, and it was done by Access Software. Now, there's a name uh, we've explored a few times on the Amigos. Uh, Access Software were uh, made a lot of uh, interesting games, uh, including the uh, world-class, the Leaderboard Golf Series. Yeah, yeah. And they were known for their really cool 
digitized sound technology that they implemented in a lot of their games. If you were calling World Class or World Class Celebrity, he hit the tree, Jim. Yes. You know, yeah. that sort of thing. And this game it comes on hard with the digitized sound. And that's one of the things I remembered about it, which we'll get into that in a moment. Now, this game was created by the Carvers, Bruce and Roger Carver. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, th this game was uh, um, pretty well regarded back when it, when it was released. Again, I, I read a lot of reviews that, that said today that I like the first one better, but I don't, I don't have a base on that, so maybe one of these days we'll try the first one. Uh, so, this also came out on the Spectrum and the Amstrad. Now, I did not see the Spectrum version. I think it came out on the Atari as well, 8-bit. Yeah, I uh, uh, I didn't see this the Spectrum version, but I did. I did have a quick look at the at the Amstrad version. I was expecting really awesome gameplay. I'd say this, the Amstrad version. I didn't think looked very good at all. It was a lot faster, I, but it was, I thought it was a lot uglier. I thought the C sixty four looked by far the best. Did you look at which one? Did you look at? I looked at the and you know, the. Uh, I watched videos on the, the Amstrad, Amstrad and the Spectrum. I mean, I'd love to have an Amstrad too. We've got the Spectrum working now. Yeah. So that so that was on the list. So. <clears throat> what is this game? Well, in the first game, apparently, you uh, helped put down a dictator. And so now the dictators, he's not going to just sit there. They're That's dictators. Right. <laughs> you know? They, what they are is in their name. So, you, this is a, what's, and what separates this game is, is it's two player pretty much, for the most part, for, for every level. You've got, Basically, this game reminds... This is like the bar games of violent combat. That's what it reminds me of. If you ever played Accolades bar games. So, the, uh, what's taking place here is basically infiltration of uh, uh, of the dictator's area. Yeah, right, and you're trying to go in there and with your soldiers and rescue these prisoners and get out and ultimately take out the dictator. So, how do you do that? Well, the first level... Now, and I'm going to speak on these. All these levels, with the exception of, well, really, all the levels have two-player elements. So, and one person will play the dictator side, and one person plays the hero side, or the allies. So, on the first level, this is simple. If you're the dictator, you are a turret, a gun turret yes. at the bottom of the screen. And all, you're, all you have to do is shoot every good guy you see. Yep. The good guys are dropped out of airplanes that are coming over, paratrooper style. By the way, my, uh, our, our grandfather was, uh, uh, was a paratrooper. Yeah. He had nothing good to say about it. <laughs> he did not like it. They used to drop him in these paper jets, or paper yeah. planes behind gliders, gliders. Behind enemy lines. Yeah. He said he never was in one of these things. He didn't crash. But anyway, you, you, you're uh, dropping these guys out of planes, and you sort of time when they come out. Yeah, you, you control when yeah. they actually drop. And then, and then you're, and, uh, you drop in behind the walls. And your goal, your ultimate goal, is to go down and blow up this gun turret. But basically, you're trying to get your uh, troops uh, through this series of walls and out past the gun, okay? Again, the gun just shoots. So you're you're ducking behind these walls, and you're and you're going to lose a ton of guys. Yeah. Okay. It, let's go there. It just I mean because they the gun that they're using is not a little pea shooter. No. It is a brutal machine gun of death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so as you as you drop these guys out, the guns are shooting at them in the air. Then they hit the ground, and whatever's left line the this top set of walls. Yeah. And you can see these little dots behind it representing guys. All right, they're little dots like their little heads are peeking over. Then they take off running. And you're trying to gun them down. And so your strategy is, sadly, you have to sacrifice a guy to get a guy. Maybe yeah. sacrifice a couple guys to get a guy. And you will and you can determine which way you're going to send them, you know, with a joystick. And they come shooting out from behind the wall. And, and and you try to get as many as you can through. And if you get close enough, you can throw a grenade blow up the blow up the, 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 the gun turret. Now, which another one just replaces it. Right. But it, it, it gives you points. And that's it makes, you, point. makes you happy. makes you feel joyous. <laughs> Now, what do I like about this level? Well, a bunch of stuff. For starters, anywhere the gun shoots, it leaves a trail of bullet holes, yeah. basically. And so, I remember my buddy saying, watch this, and he was writing his name on the wall. I remember thinking to myself, I, I was like, this is so awesome. You know, wow, yeah. wow, you can yeah. write your name in the game. Uh, but I know the sounds so... And there was no, uh, unlike modern games, I don't think there was ever a point where you shot one to make another one disappear. I think they all just... Uh, you know, like in modern games, if you're shooting a bunch of bullet holes in oh, the walls, yeah, eventually they, you shoot this one and this one over here will disappear. They stay. They that's stay the whole time. Stay. And that's yeah. at every level with the gun turret, they stay. So, 
Now you would think to yourself, how in God's name are the are the are the, the, the good guys going to get through this? Well, the the gun torrent the, the turret is slow. Plus, you have to left and right. It doesn't, slow. It, it, yeah, it doesn't just go left and right. You have to kind of aim up and yeah. down the arc of the bullets to, to, to determine how far they go. Like if you're shooting up in the air, you've got to have that thing shoot, shooting real high. And it's just a steady stream of fire, but you have to kind of hone in. It's slow. This is the advantage that the Allies had to get through the gun turret. I Which like, is not much of an advantage. Now, uh, I, thankfully, I had played as the dictator a bunch of times before, but I, but I, uh, but so I had knew what that was like. But because really, two players where this game shines, sure. but the one player version, it does, it does okay. It's good. So once you three difficulty levels. The second thing about this first level that's awesome. This is sort of spring through the whole game. Are the sound effects? The gun's always going on. Now there is really no music in any of these levels, but the sound effects are, uh, uh, you know, a gun shooting yeah. off, and they sound good. But what's great is when you get a hit, the guy go ah, or he'll be like medic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love the medic. That's great, and it's amazing how and much there is no medic. No, <laughs> it's it's neat how much the sound added to the game, much yes. like World Class Leaderboard. Those little nuggets of sound, they give you character. And this game plays, in a lot of ways, this reminds me of a Cinemaware game. It's very much like a, a, a very linear Cinemaware game where, you, where you're you building like almost like a movie as you go through Yes. It. Yep. So This is definitely the opening act of a movie. When you yeah. finish the first level, you get scores. And the score will be based on, on either side, like how, how many kills you got, how many guys got through, how many times you blew up the turret, stuff like that. And there's a there's a dictator side and there's an ally side or a good guy side. <laughs> After you get past this this level here, if you, the next level in the game is is where you're, these prisoners are trying to walk safely across the screen. Very uh, a la Operation Wolf. You no, know, what it reminded me of was crossbow. A lot of uh, crossbow. Same, yeah, same, so same basic there. The good guys in this one are there. They have the gun turret, and the bad guys are trying to stop the the prisoner from walking across yeah. the. I guess what is a prison yard? Yeah, and make so, their escape. So what you've got to work with is and this reminds me also of of, of the uh, uh, wet t shirt contest in bar games quite a bit. It, well, it does because in that your 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 girls are walking across the stage back and forth, and there are people up in the lights trying to dump water on them and stuff popping about the stage. That's what this is, guy. As you as your guy slowly meanders across the screen, uh, they, there are officers that come out to kill him. Uh, at the bottom of the screen is a truck with a gun mounted to the top of it. He'll, if he gets up on the guy, he'll shoot him and kill him. Then you've got this guy that will just pop up randomly in a trap door. And jump out and get him. Now the trap door. The funny thing about this is the trap door can be anywhere in that guy's path. Yeah. And you'll see it sort of streak across the screen, and the door, will, like it'll stop in front of the guy. The door will pop open, and a guy will be like, "Hey!" I mean, you can him. try. You can jump out right up on the guy. Right. So you have, you to, be have to be really be quick. Then you've got a guy on this wall in the background. This again reminds me of the wet T-shirt contest. Uh, the guy will drop a rock or a, a, like a, a stone big, or something. Yeah, like big smushy object. He'll run it. He'll run over. Actually, just to show you, just sort of appears, and he'll, he drops the drops. It. You've got to shoot him. And then lastly, and most deadly, deadly, is a tank that's rolling towards the guy. This guy is like the Tiananmen Square guy. He's he's bravery beyond belief because yeah. he's walking directly into the line of a tank. You know, so it's your job as, with the gun. To try, if you're the allies, to try to uh, to try to uh, shoot these, to try to shoot this stuff out of the way. Now, uh, you can shoot the uh, trapdoor guy just by shooting him. You can shoot. Uh, you can shoot the guy from the stage. The guy mm. on top of the uh, on top of the wall. If he can, if you can just see the tippy of his head, you can still shoot that yeah. little tippy and kill him. Uh, you can shoot the gun truck and you can shoot the tank. Again, the the, the gimmick in this is the arc of that gun. Right, you have to have the arc right to 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 hit the to hit the target, and these prisoners walk so painfully slow. Yeah, it is very similar to crossbow, where you're trying to save this idiot family or whatever, or your adventures from going across screen. Well, and and the the first stage is geared for the dictator to get a lot of points because he has the advantage, and this is definitely. Or yeah, and this is definitely geared for. You don't, uh, you don't think the dictator has the advantage in this level? You've got all that stuff to choose from, and you can use if you're the dictator, you can actually pop the stuff out and use well, it. Well, right, but I still think the player has the advantage because 
being in the gun turret is so powerful. And even if you don't rescue a bunch of guys, you're racking up points on everything you shoot. It, when you get a guy out of this stage, you feel like a, a real stud. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. I mean, if you get four or five, you're that's well, that's a lot. So, and then, and something I should mention is when your guy gets ran over by the tank. The scream he gives out is top shelf. It's pretty rough. Now, I read the same people that did the audio in this, did the audio in Impossible Mission, you know, stay a while, stay yeah. forever. And, and and this is another, you know, they had that it's, classic when you shove that guy down the down the elevator shaft, he'd be like, ah, this is what that reminds me of. And it's this guy, crazy and he gets crushed clean. by this thing. Yeah, it's good. Crazy clean audio. It's real good. So then, of course, once, that level, once you get a however many prisoners across, you've got your summary screen that tells you what's going on. Yeah. So then you get to the third screen. Now, you know, most of these games that have mini games in them, you can think to yourself, well, they, none of these games could stand on their own. This is the one exception. I think you could have probably made a full game just out of this third mission. They already did. It's on River Raid. Well, no, because this goes beyond River Raid. So the third mission is you trying to fly hostages out of, out of enemy territory. And it helps. So this is a, this is a shooting. Uh, this is a shoot 'em up a, 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 a shoot 'em up game. Where you run a helicopter. So at the beginning of this thing, it'll tell you how many hostages you've got, and you can load them on your plane. You can load however many you want. You can put yeah. one, you can put five, <clears throat> and then you take off. And the way to describe this best is, is think of a vertical Zaxxon. It's what this is. You control your chopper up and down, left and right, and so and you're ever going forward. <clears throat> so there's there's height. In, in your in in how you drop and go up and down, you have to avoid obstacles or fly under bridges and stuff. Uh, that's if you're the good guys. If you're the bad guys, you control uh, at a tank will occasionally roll on the screen. You can kind of move it back and forth and shoot. And plus, there are other like I guess you'd call them uh, static targeting things that will automatically take. This care is of definitely the the worst <clears throat> level for the other guy. This one. This one's a lot of fun, and it, I thought I was actually pretty good at this one. I did pretty well at this because I played a lot of Zaxxon back in the day. There's a lot of judging of height, and they've done a good job in this because the, the, the level's not long, but it's pretty detailed. There's, there's cool bridges, and there's like cross. There's like those things with the, with the arm would come down and stop your car. You know, there's, uh, there's buildings you can blow up for extra points. There's all kinds of like weird uh, like windmills and turrets sticking up you can shoot. It's fun. When you get, if your chopper gets blown up or you run into something, all those hostages you lose that yeah. ran it. You have to go back and reload with some more hostages and you go again. Make three passes. <clears throat> I thought this was a good level. And I, like I said, I think this could have been fleshed out in a, like a full game. But this was, well, it was good if you're the good guys. If you're the dictator, it sucks. Because you don't always have something to do on screen. It's still neat. <clears throat> and it, it's a lot of fun. I, I, I thought this was a good level. Again, good sound effects. Uh, I don't remember any major... Uh, uh, are there any actual audio cues on this? I don't one? think there's any digitized stuff. <clears throat> so, and again, you get a summary score to that one. And then you get to the final level. And again, this all builds like a movie. The final level, it's the it's the allied commander, the hero commander against the evil dictator. And they're on opposing, like, uh, almost like docks that uh, that set over this dark cave lake. And, I mean, this atmosphere is awesome. You're in a cave. There's water in it. You're on these opposing docks. And you're and it's a knife fight. You're throwing knives at each other. This reminded me a little bit of the Three Stooges pie level in some ways. If you can move a stooge with a pie, you'd be in. That's what it reminded me of. So this is simple. You've got to you or your opponent have to hit each other four times with a knife, and there are nine rounds of knife tossing. So so as you throw these, when you hit someone four times. They go like ah, and they head they tumble head over off into the dock the into, the, into the dark yeah. water below. Pretty awesome. Uh, also, the dictator is a jerk who will occasionally he'll be like you can't hurt me, and he'll be like he'll laugh. He's a yeah, he does the evil the evil stick. It's I love it, and you can hurt him, and, and it's joyous to do so. It's a lot of fun. Again, this was I remember playing this level quite a bit. Uh, back in the day, because me and my buddy, had, the knife fighting is actually pretty fun. I think you can have like a couple knives in the air, and you're throwing, you're throwing one knife, and then you're trying to guess where your opponent's going to, you know, sh shamble. When these guys move, they literally just kind of like, it's a very cautious move. Let's put it that way. I'm, I don't know if the docks are slippery. <laughs> I don't know what's happening, but they don't they don't move real fast. They go pretty slow. But the knife fight is a lot of fun, and and. Now nine rounds of it or whatever, it maybe gets a little old. Maybe you cut that in half and you, you got some. Plus, 
what I would have done is not have you kill the guy after four. Maybe you kill him after like ten or so. You know, that way he dies once, as much as you watch the dictator die over and over. Well, it's it's because of the point structure that the whole game is based on. Right. All of this leads up to who has the highest score after the four mini games. Right. Right. And that's who actually wins the game. Now, uh, uh, when you f- finish the knife fight, you get a final summary. S- score page and then it goes back to the main menu which has got a rip-off picture of what I, I think was blue thunder although it's uh, airwolf was more curvy but if you ever saw the movie blue thunder the chopper in it that's what looks like the there's a chopper picture on the main screen of this yeah. it looks sort of like this it's more like red rather than blue but there and then it'll give you your final tally of your scores and tell you who won um the uh i should mention there are three difficulty levels yeah uh and you know they just increase speed they make the, the they make the the Person, you're not playing a lot better. Right, I mean, right. Easy is too easy. Hard is too hard. Normal is really a fair place to put it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this game got real good scores, Brent. I mean, overall, it was it was pretty well received. Uh, Commodore Force gave it an 83, which I've not even heard of that magazine. I've never heard of a lot of these. Commodore Horizons gave it a 6 out of 10. Commodore User gave it 4 out of 5. Uh, Home Computing Weekly. I love that. Five out of five. Your Commodore gave it nine out of ten. Your computer gave it three out of five. They were really struggling for names. <laughs> and Zap gave this a in eight nineteen eighty five anyway. They gave it a ninety percent. Um, so those th- are those are pretty generous. No, I, you you didn't like it. What? Well, what? I'll I'll go over that in a second. Go ahead. Get your overall opinion of the game the, as a whole package. What you think? I love the game. Actually, it, it, when I went back and played it, I enjoyed it. Uh, once you understand the controls, and they came back pretty quick, uh, uh, it was fun. I didn't get to play it two player this time. I wish I had, uh, but it's one I'll go back to. I'm gonna get Bo to play it. Bo would love it. You know, I'm a sucker. I'm a big old sucker for the mini games, and I'm a big old sucker for like uh, you know California game based stuff. And so this was a unique take, a unique slant on that that I enjoyed. I liked the audio. I thought the graphics were good. It told a story. Like I said, it was very Cinemaware-like. So I personally give it that thumbs up. I dug it. Uh, why don't you check for uh, uh, our user reviews, uh, which I've heard we've got one in. Okay. Why I give my personal Okay, go ahead. What do you got? <clears throat> I loved three-fourths of this game. Let me guess. You didn't like the you didn't like the chopper level, did you? No, no, no. Okay. I love the first stage. Probably the best stage in the game, uh, both for its audio, its its visuals, uh, its gameplay. I think the strategy between where you're sending your guys out and how you're sending them out, uh, where you're dropping them for the plane drop, all that is amazing. I think it's great and well done. Mm-hmm. And even when uh, you're using the turret. Uh, you know, you have these choke points where everyone has to come out of, but you can't just sit there and and bowl a hole because there will be occasionally people that come over the wall. So you have to be aware of that and, and take that into account. I think that's the this is the best level. Best level in the game. It has the best strategy, the best balance. It's widely known as that a lot of people's favorite. Yeah. It is fun. Uh the yeah. second level where you're trying to save the hostages, uh, I think this is a really good level. Uh I think the crossbow-like aspects of it are well done. I think it's fair. Uh, to a point, I think that uh, the hostages could move just a tad faster, but they're not so slow that it's unfair to the point where you can't ever rescue any of them. Um, it's all about staying uh, vigilant on what is ahead of the guy and just ignore the things that aren't going to hit him because there are occasionally things that won't hit him. Uh, the third stage, the chopper stage, the rib, what I call the river rage stage because that's what it reminded me of the most. Uh, I think it's a lot of fun. I think there's not a lot of strategy here. I don't think the two-player aspects of it are so important because the dictator, uh, his control, what he gets to take care of is minimal. It's really a a single player game, and that's why that really is the level one level that's like yeah, and that's why I kind of don't like it as much as the rest of the game. Uh, And then the knife stone thing stage at the end of the game, it it kills it for me. I hate it. I hate it. Why? It is so out of character for the entire rest of the game. The rest of the game, it's faction versus faction. It's war versus war. I don't why have a, a this is the ultimate showdown. No, and also why are they throwing knives? 
you've been using guns and, and tanks and and war choppers all the way up there, and then you have an unlimited supply of knives at the end of the game. It really was a huge turnoff for me. That's a, I think the controls for this stage are are crap. Uh, you move so slow, and you have these dunk, uh, jump and duck type elements. You never use. They're them. worthless. Absolutely worthless. Again, that's a reminder of Three Stooges where you can sort of duck down. Yeah. Mm. Um, and also, having to play it over and over yeah. and over. One and done, and I might have not hated it quite so much, but it really brutalizes the game. It drops the rating for the game for me down to like a six. Wow. Uh, because I- when three-fourths of your game is good, then you get three-fourths of a score. Well, I, I don't think the whole... It, I mean... I like the knife fighting. I think it's pretty no. fun. And here's it the other me problem. Sort of a try here's the other problem. You score. You have the potential to score so many points on the knife throwing stages that it, it it doesn't negate one of the other stages. But it really you have if you're good at that, you can be subpar at the rest of the game and still win. And I hate that. Well, I I, I don't I don't I think it you would have more fun if you're playing that in two player. And I will say again, it does go does it go on too long? Yes. Uh, there's a couple stages in this that probably could do with being a little bit shorter. And I will say, this is where I think the pacing of a CinemaWare comes into play. If they'd have done this game, the ending would have been far... You don't want to see the guy get killed 20 times. Now, it, but I mean, they did this... It's like if you took a CinemaWare game and put it in, like, uh, summer games. Yes. You know what I'm saying? That's what they did. They yeah. tried to do both. And really, this is... The genre they picked doesn't necessarily do both well. But I just think I think the the knife throwing is okay. I, I I thought it was fun. It's more fun with two players. But I, I remember playing it a lot back in the day, and it was fun. So <clears throat> let's talk about our user review for this game. Our good buddy Graham W. Vevke, uh, Beachhead Two. I was first introduced to this game on the Apple II. Well, there you go. We didn't even mention the Apple II version. I didn't know it had an Apple II version. And it is a frantic four-level game on that platform, and it's the same as C64, where you play against the computer or buddy, allies versus dictators. Um, Once you figure all the gameplay mechanics, you will find quite a lot of depth and strategy for an action game. The angle of the turret, the speed of a projectile, the height of a moving mine, great audio samples on the C64 version. The Apple II version was more white noise than voice, but still oh, recognizable. And I really love one-on-one knife throwing level at the end, especially in two-player mode, which is what I just said. Graham gets an 8 out of 10. I, I'm going to agree with Graham. Uh, I'll look this thing up on, on the eBay to see how it was going. And, uh, uh, you know, it's funny when you look these cartridges up, you never sort of what you're going to get. Sure. I did find this one listed. Uh, it was running about between seven and ten dollars uh, in in the UK. Wow, that's really cheap. Yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, I would say, would I pick this game up for seven bucks? Absolutely. Yeah, sure. I, I, I like I said, I dug it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Now, just before we fold up on Beachhead, there were, uh, there were of course, there was the original Beachhead, but I remember seeing a, a game in the arcade uh, called uh, Beachhead. Yes, t- uh, two thousand. I believe it was two thousand two. And it was a virtual reality game. Yeah. It's sort of loosely based on I think there was a PC version that that was used from. Did you ever yes. play that one? I, I, I played the one in the arcade. Uh, it is, you control the turret and uh, shoot people as they come up on the beach. Yeah. Um, it's it's okay. I mean, it's an interesting experience. If you've got a buck and it's in your arcade, I would drop it in just to at least play it once. It's not something I really come back to. It's a little too physical of a game for mm. what it actually gives yeah. you in return for me. If I'm gonna get you know, hot and sweaty, about the VR game. yeah, if, yeah. If, if I'm gonna get hot and sweaty playing a game, I want to play something more that has more offers more. The cab that looked cooler than the actual game was. Yeah. I thought the game the game was a dud. Yeah. So, with that in mind, let's turn our attentions to what you selected this week. So, bro, what is your game about war? Well, you know, I went the entire other side of the spectrum. Yeah, you did. Where you went light and fluffy. I went hard strategy with the Civilization series. I don't think it went light and fluffy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Civilization, obviously a well-known game throughout the ages, uh, but a lot of people don't know its roots, and that's something I want to talk about today before I get in the actual game. Yeah. Civilization started out... In 1980, as a board game. Okay. And this was a board game that did so much that was unheard of at the time with its tech trees and its its trading and its uh, 
backstabbery. Uh, backstabbery. That's right. That's I like th- that. That's where you throw a knife and it hits the guy right yeah. in the back. Ow. Uh, thank you. Uh, this is a game that when it came out, I said, like I said, 1980, this stuff hadn't been done before. Uh, modern day Euros uh, hadn't gotten to this point by a long shot. And this came out in the UK and was a big hit. And Avalon Hill picked it up and brought it to America. And it was a big hit over here in the 80s, too, because it was something no one's ever done before. It was such a big hit, in fact, that uh, Sid Meier and uh, Bill Staley were playing it and said, you know what? We're going to make a video game about this. And uh, it took them a while to get there. And many people tried before. This, Like I said, this was a big, a big thing. Uh, other companies had tried to take Civilization, the board game, and make it into a video game. And it went off in different paths, and different series mm-hmm. came from it. Um, but it was Sid Meier's and Steely that really said, we've got it now. And they did, and they nailed it really, really well, the strategy and all behind it, the tech trees. And I did not know this, but Civilization, the video game... Uh, is credited for the tech tree aspect of video gaming which at 91 i think is a little late for that but they do get credit i don't think they get credit for being first i think they get credit for popularizing tech trees in video games which has spread to all types of video games not just strategy i mean you find them in your your role-playing games your mmos you find them in even your first person shooters have tech trees now So <clears throat> that's another another feather in the cap, as it were. So in 1991, Civilization came to the computers. And if you've never played or heard of Civilization before, you take the role of a leader and you are dropped on a landmass that is supposed to be the planet Earth or a random landmass. And you start out as one or some people have two settlers. And you settle a town, and you use the land's resources to mine coal, grow food, uh, increase your population. And as you're doing this, you research things. And I mean, you start way back, way back in the BCs, where you don't have writing, you don't have money, you don't have uh, 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 husbandry to do your horses and stuff like that. So you are really starting with nothing. So it means you you grow little food, you gather little resources, and you have to use what you have to manage both your social aspects, assuring your people have enough food. You have to uh, satisfy your technology aspect of gaining these technologies. I mean, mathematics and stuff, you have to get everything. Uh, and you have to satisfy your military and bring up military forces to stop yourself from being attacked by other ventures, uh, by barbarians on the lands. Uh, and you have to explore and grow. Because you, if you just stay one person and that one, one town gets attacked and destroyed, that's it, game's over. If you expand your empire, you get more resources, you can grow things faster, you can grow your technology faster, and that's the game. It's all about conquest, exploration of the world, and it takes you, like I said, from the beginning of technology all the way up to the space age where you can actually win the game by getting into space first. So, wow, what a scope of a game. It's huge. It was unthought of, and that's all came because the board game had a similar type of strategy and growing and tech tree uh, and the game just took it and said, you know what, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do it even better and even more. Have you ever played the board game? I have not played the 1980 version. There's a newer version. That came well, out, I'm going to yeah. talk about that. So what's kind of funny with Civilization is came from a board game, became an awesome video game that has had many, 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 many sequels. I think they're up to seven I now. I like that now. Uh, and, and some of those are split off into sub-packs, like four has like, Dozens of expansions. Uh, So when you have something this popular, of course, you're going to do things with it. And they made board games out of it. And I'm not talking one or two board games. 
there are literally dozens of board games and expansions based off of Civilization the video game, which was based off of Civilization the board game. Yeah, so crazy. it really came full circle. Uh, I there, There's no way to go in-depth with Civilization. Uh, it's impossible. There's so much to go into. Uh, we could literally talk for days about tech trees and units because all of your armies have uh, unique abilities and scores. And in the first civilization, everything was just represented by squares because that's what the game pieces for the board game were. You just moved squares around that represented your army, and the more squares you had, that was how strong your army was. Uh, and Civilization, the very first one, really took that, that visual aspect of it and said, that's what we're going to make our game. We're sliding squares around. And it really works. It really works. In fact, so much so that Civilization 2 and Civilization 3, I skipped. I still played Civil the first Civilization game because I preferred the visual elements of the of original game. Now, have you played any Civilization games? It's funny. Of course I have, because we actually, me and Boat covered this on the Amigos, uh, gosh, a while back, and uh, for the Amiga. Uh, I, in fact, for this, to go back and look at this one, I went and looked at the PC version. Yes. Which is what I was most familiar with. And I'd already, since I just played the Amiga version, I tried to, but I tried to play the PC version. The Amiga version is, is, is better. It I is. Think. But, it uh, is. It really is. Uh, but I played the PC version a ton. And I remember, I, <clears throat> This is a side story. You know, I pirated this game back in the in the nineties, <laughs> and this is one of the first games I remember getting the pirated version. I'm like, here we go, let's play because this game is widely regarded. Threw it in, and you without the documentation, you're bone. Yeah. You got a zero percent chance of what's So I remember having to go and find a. a Someone that owned the game, and I had to copy the whole manual. And by like for the time, and back in those days, you had to pay. You know, you go to the library to pay for copies. Yes. You're paying a fortune. So, yeah. and I also destroyed the guy's book. So, by the time I finished making all these copies and buying the disc and everything, I probably could have just went out and bought the game. Yeah, I remember thinking to myself, "Okay, we've I've, I've stumbled onto something here. This is where you should go out and buy the game." And I actually ended up owning. I've got the Amiga version in there, uh, but uh, uh, when this came out, I mean, I'd never seen anything quite like it. You know, uh, um, and it was it was a lot of fun to, to try out. I didn't, I wasn't a board game guy back in those days, so this was a pretty new uh, new world for me. Sure, and it is neat. It's like you're when you because uh, you determine uh, first you determine who, who you're going to play at the beginning, and you determine which path they're going to take. Are you going to go into metallurgy? Are you going to go into yeah. mining or whatever? Whatever different paths are, and uh, it's fun. And normally when I play these games, ironically, this is the war games. I try to avoid war at all costs whenever I can. But I know some people don't play that way. They play a lot more aggressively. And they try to, like, smash everybody, which I'm guessing that's probably what you do. No well, it, it, dep it really depends on who I'm playing with and against, where my starting location is. Uh, you have to kind of pick that stuff up on the fly. Yeah. But I, 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 I love this game back in the day. I mean, has it aged well? It's okay. It's... I they they uh, uh it could be quicker that's for sure and uh, it's a long game yeah and, and the board game is a long game and in fact the board game version of the game that this is based off of was widely criticized for being too long because it was a five six seven hour yeah, game. and we me and you have played games of that length before yes. and they that is a long time uh, but of course with the computer you can always come back that's yes. a good thing about it and I, I can't imagine sitting down and playing this game in one setting I remember sitting playing it over a, a, over a week, you know, uh, yeah. you know, maybe half hour, forty minutes a day. You could, and, and depending on how well you did. I never, I never actually launched in the space. I will say that. But I, I, I played this game. I played many versions of this game <clears> that <throat> from beginning to end. <clears throat> uh, most of my victories do come from conquest. Eventually, um, the thing with civilization that is so remarkable is it. You don't have to win through that. You can win through several different means. And, and in fact, the uh, 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 being able to do that gives a ton of replayability to a game that already has tons of replayability. Yeah. Uh, when you go down a tech tree, I mean, one time I might not do uh, like husbandry at all. Yeah. So I don't have cavalry units, which really screws you later down the line. 
but it lets you focus on other things first. Yeah. And you can play like that. Of course, the old the old standards, the best thing, the most fun thing for me is that when you're when you roll your tanks up on these hunter gatherers and they're who yeah. <laughs> never advanced and you just smash the crap out of them. They try to charge you with a horse, he's like Bleh. That's the thing. I mean if <clears throat> if someone lags behind in their army and they're still got, you know, bows and spears as their main weapons and you're coming across with jet jet fighters just mowing them down and stuff it happens yeah. it's crazy and it happens so a few aspects of this i want to touch on uh that i don't think get enough attention for these games since we can't go in the into depth on the game itself because it is so complicated i want to take a second and talk about bob steely everyone knows this as sid meyer's civilization mm-hmm. and i'm not i'm not saying I'm not trying to take anything away from Sid. He is an amazing developer. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, but a lot of people don't know that Bob Steely exists. And Bob Steely is the co-author of Civilization. He is the co-person uh, who made Microprose, the, the developer studio that eventually did uh, publish all this. Um, he was someone that would sit down with Sid Myers and they would play games. And he was a gamer, and Sid Myers was a programmer. And they would say, you know what? You're really good at this game. I know how this game works. And they that's how they made their games. They said, oh, we want skill to be important, and we want knowledge to be important. And uh, with that in mind, that's how they were able to really tackle the Civilization board game to make it into a game after so many other people failed is because they had these very two different perspectives on the project. And uh, since his name isn't in the title, a lot of people don't know Bill Steely was ever a part of this, but he was. And he left the company uh, and founded another gaming company down the line and sold that and made a bunch of money. And boy, He was independently wealthy for pretty much all his life. Mm. Um, Must be nice. Yeah, yeah, and he's still around today and uh, running, he's ran soccer teams, uh, he's uh, bought and sold soccer teams, I should say. Uh, he is currently running what is called the I Entertainment Network. Uh, he also does a ton of stuff with the military. Uh, he's in with that kind of crowd. So, Bob Steely, thumbs up to you, man. You did, you did a lot without taking a lot of credit, and that's very, uh, that's very noteworthy to me. Is the check in the mail? <laughs> uh, something else with Civilization is how broad a spectrum it was played on. Uh, when this game originally came out, it was on DOS, the way back in the day. Uh, and it also came out on Windows. came out on the Amiga, the Macintosh, the Atari ST, the Sega Saturn, yep. the Super Nintendo, the PlayStation, and the thing I want to highlight today... The Engage. Yeah. <clears throat> That's right. This game had a port to the Engage. <sighs> it came out in the MS DOS in 1991. It came out on the Engage in 2006. Well, late. 15 years. Sequels had already been made before it got made it to the Engage. Uh, but this civilization is not a port like most of the others. This is its own kind of squished together civilization. It has more aspects of civilization two and three, uh in graphics, tech tree, everything else, than it does in its namesake of civilization. However, it is considered the last civilization game because it was the last one to carry its name and not something else. Also, this is the last Engage game that was ever made. Really? This is the the, the swan song for the uh, Engage. You should probably explain what the Engage is to the uninformed. <laughs> That's fair. The Engage was a handheld gaming system, portable phone hybrid, uh, and I don't mean like smartphones today, where you've got a screen and you can kind of do everything. I mean like imagine a Game Boy that you that you switched a phone into uh, and made the most awkward phone of all time. It looked like a, a honey bun or a taco when you, I mean, the shape of it. And as I recall, to change games, you had to take out the battery to yeah, you, the game. Yeah, it's a cart swap 
uh, system. So the N-Gage was very unpopular because it made a horrible phone and a horrible game system. Yeah. But it did do both. So it was really ahead of its time. It did have some exclusive games, too, including this. I mean, this is exclusive version was exclusive. It, it was. It was. And, and we, we tell them what, how you came across it. Well, I wanted to play this exclusively as my game. Yeah. Uh, when he told me that, I was like, so I, that's the game I picked. And I informed the world, we're going to play Engage Civilization. And then I tried to play Engage Civilization. And there is not a functioning Engage emulator that I'm aware of that I could find. And I, I did research as well. And there, I, I don't think there's one in there. It hasn't been one in there. there and there's there was one that was sort of messed with but that was about the effect of right it didn't do anything and i even said you know what engage how popular can those be i'm just i'll go pick one up if i have to no, no sorry plus how much do you think this game for the engage tossed hundreds of dollars if you buy it just the cartridge you can get it for about 200 bucks yeah with the box and the manual and the whole thing, you're looking at about three seventy. They've got to be exceptionally rare. They well, yeah. and this is not the rarest engage game, but being that it was the last engage game, it makes it a little rare by default. Right. Uh, so really, like I said, this was a mesh between Civilization Two and uh, uh, a little bit of Civilization One. It was they were squished together. The graphic style is is not. The square pieces this is actually based off the of Civilization Two uh, graphics, but the goals are all the same. All the tech trees are there, mostly. Uh, how you win through military or science, all that's uh, still in the game. This packed a ton of game into a little cartridge for the engage, and I have heard that uh, when this was. The developer that made this, which was uh, Griffindale Studios, when this project was over, they they were the the developers on this were spent. They were done because they had they had done the impossible basically and crammed all this into this little Engage cartridge. Uh, crazy thing to note for the Engage, this was published by Atari. Yeah, weird. Which I don't get at all. I don't understand how that is connected at all. But it's just one of those obvious, a new trivia facts. Well, for the in two thousand six, this would have been that the super duper shell of Atari at that point. Yeah, and that's what makes it even more confusing, in my opinion. Well, they were they were using the name basically, so but it's still odd. Yeah, it's strange. But this is a huge, huge title. Well, and not one the engage is not. No, I agree. I there agree. were no huge ones on there. So, <clears throat> engage. I'm I'm happy that you got a copy of, a, a version of Civilization. That is unique to your platform. I wish I could play you. Uh, if I ever, if anyone ever sees this available in some kind of emulated form, I would love to play it because I getting a hands on a new old Civilization game is just makes me happy. Uh, yeah. It makes me happy. Do you have anything to add to that, Aaron? No, <laughs> I don't. I don't. But I think we do have a review on uh, uh, a Civ review here. Let me flip over here. Uh, you know, I, I've never actually played an Engage uh, personally, but I've oh, seen. Oh, really? It. No, I've never. What would I've had one? Oh, I have played an Engage. Oh yeah, yeah. What'd you think? Uh, it, it was Engage had two different versions. Yeah. The first one that they put out that they really pushed hard was absolute crap. Yeah. It did nothing. Uh, the second uh version of the Engage was okay. It made it an okay uh. Uh, gaming system uh, the controls were well well refined uh, but the phone version of it was still pretty crappy well <clears throat> Graham W. Vip, you had a look at this one as well uh, from him I love Civilization it's a wonderful strategy game where yes. I have spent many many hours on my Atari ST during my university years playing usually as the Babylonians or Aztecs I like the Babylonians as well in a race to build your cities and take over the land I've never played the Engage version, and it looks like a cut-down version of Civ 2, which is a game I know a lot of people love on the PC, which I, I played that one as well. But I prefer the top-down view of the first one rather than the isometric view. I do. I can't well. really give a score here because I've never played the Engage version. <laughs> yeah. It must be a, a real feat for it to get on a mobile device. I agree, <laughs> I agree 100%. 100%. Something else that's a feat, and it's a mobile device, 
It's the wheel. Now, Brent, tell them what we added this week to the wheel. I do believe we added point and click. That's right. Me and Bo covered a point and click this week on the Amigos, and so I'm hungry for Give me another one. All right. right. All right, here we go. There she goes, and the winner is the people know before we do. Uh, it looks like we're oh button mashers. Button mashers. Now this was another Brent. Uh, uh, I know you're a big fan of button mashers. It looks like I'm gonna get pummeled this week. I love button mashers. Brent is a piston when it comes to button mashers, and so there are plenty of good ones to choose from. And uh, this is a pretty broad topic as well, so I think we'll have a lot of interesting uh, choices here. Yes. In the uh, in the uh, realm of button mashers, so. Uh, with that, we leave War Games. Uh, anybody in the chat you want to say hi to before we close this thing down? Uh, we had a big, ro pretty big turnout today. Oh, we had Picard, <coughs> Steve, Mohawk Maw, uh, Necronom, uh, Retro Hammer. Ooh, uh, Retro Hammer. Graham stopped by. Uh, Alec Mold, of course, was in. Creature from the Black Lagoon. Hi, all of you all. And since we are filming on Mother's Day here in the States, yeah. a happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. That's right. We love our mom, don't we? We do, 100%. She's, she's, uh, she had to put up a lot with Brent. Yeah, that, Luckily, I was the good son true. that took care of business for her. It, that's all true. That's true. I so, also got hurt a lot uh, in my youth. And sometimes so. I was the one hurting That's 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 also true. So, sorry about that, eh? <laughs> so... Next week, button mashers. And until next time... <laughs>